Hi there. Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration Pack. I'm Doug Truax, founder and president of Restoration Pack. Today we are blessed to have Matt Brainerd, who you may have seen on TV recently as one of Donald Trump's election integrity experts. Matt uncovered some striking irregularities in the 2020 election. And in addition, Matt is founder and executive director of Look Ahead America, which is already on the ground registering new voters and continuing the all-important fight for election integrity. All right, Matt, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So give us a little bit about your background, uh, how you got to this point in your career. Very interesting stuff. Want to hear about it. Sure. Well, I've been working in the field of politics for a very long time. Uh, I was actually part of Pat Buchanan's presidential campaign before I was old enough to vote in South Carolina in the 1996 cycle. Um, after he exited the race and Dole was nominated, I took a job with the Republican National Committee where I worked for three cycles while I was at university um, attending George Washington in D.C. Uh, in the intervening years, I worked for five different presidential campaigns, uh, nonprofits in D.C., uh, hundreds of political campaigns all across the country. Um, mo working most recently as a general consultant to primarily federal campaigns, congressional campaigns. Um, in the 2016 cycle, I was the director of data and strategy for President Trump's campaign while I was attending Columbia University, uh, the grads program there. And after that, I started an organization called Look Ahead America, which is a 501c3 with the goal of registering to vote educating and turning out to vote disaffected patriotic Americans of blue collar and rural backgrounds. And that's my primary task now, along with what I've become recently engaged with, which is the fight for voter integrity. In the aftermath of the 2020 election, I've formed a small working group called the Voter Integrity Project. We began investigating many anomalies uh, in some of the key states that decided the 2020 general election. Our findings, my conclusion, was that uh, among many other really odd things happening, other what seems to be illegal behavior, uh, we determined that the number of illegal ballots in the states of Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona surpassed the margin of victory in those states. And without those states, Joe Biden would not be president. So our conclusion is that we cannot know for certain who is the deserved winner of the 2020 general election. Yeah, you, you are uh, a forefront expert on this, and uh, I just have to give you kudos. You know, you've done a lot of work, and um, I, uh, in that window of time when we were all just really uh, upset, and we still are, obviously, but there's uh, a lot of uh, folks like you out there that were going through anomalies, and I, I sat through and watched your entire PowerPoint. I think you were sitting in that chair right there, and I, I learned a lot, and, um, you know, it's upsetting what we're going through. And when you point that kind of stuff out, uh, it doesn't make any of us feel any better, uh, but it definitely gets us going in the right direction in terms of there is a problem, how are we gonna deal with it? And so let's go back then. I just wanna do talk about uh, Look Ahead America. Uh, sounds like a wonderful organization. And you, know, you talk about this disaffected voter piece now uh, that we've all, on some level lost a little bit or a lot of confidence in our election system. So talk about how you're going to, you know, get those folks uh, registered and, and, uh, and, and what you're going to do in that regard to really, you know, get us going back on the right foot headed towards 2022. I think an important lesson from the last election has kind of gotten ignored under all of the noise of uh, allegations of voter fraud. And while I did conclude that illegal ballots did have an impact on the outcome of the election, 
what had a much bigger impact is something we're not paying any attention to, and that is the left, funded with hundreds of millions of dollars from leftist billionaires and tech oligarchs, did a phenomenal job registering, educating, and turning their voters out. Uh, Stacey Abrams had an unlimited supply of cash, thanks to Mark Zuckerberg in the state of Georgia, and you see what she was able to do with it racked up a presidential election and two Senate seats, uh, largely due to the voters that she registered and turned out to vote. Nobody's doing that on the right. Nobody's done it effectively for a very long time. And that's where Look Ahead America comes in. That's our primary objective. And we believe that by starting field programs with field staff and getting engaged in the community in the same way that ACORN has in the past, in the same way that Stacey Abrams did in Georgia, but within our communities, and within communities that we're educating and bringing in a message of, of basically patriotism, uh, that we can find enough voters that would be determinative in almost every election from coast to coast. So while we're continuing to fight voter fraud, we're continuing to put together initiatives to change laws in states and to train citizens to be citizen lobbyists and petition their state legislatures and state senates to pass the kind of legislation that would prevent many of the anomalies and the illegal ballots that were cast in the last election from occurring, again, um, we're still putting, you know, we really believe that the biggest impact can be had by getting more people registered, getting them educated, and turning them out. Because I, I have a database right in front of me of millions of unregistered citizens who are sympathetic to patriotic causes, but they, they're not registered to vote, and millions more who are registered to vote but never show up. We've got to be able to reach these people and got to be able to turn them out to vote so their voices can be heard. Yeah, so crucial, especially as we're faced now with, we know what the other side is doing. You brought up the Stacey Abrams piece, and we have got to start pushing back and at very least match them at what they're doing so that we can you know, surpass them because we have the better story to tell. We've got the truth on our side, and we've got a, a better direction, obviously, for the good of their, their own lives. We just have to get that across. And it's like you said, so much of it is just finding them, talking them through it, uh, you know, making sure it's happening day, out, day in and day out. Um, to jump back real quick, too, I did want to talk to you a little bit more about what you did for the Trump campaign uh, after November 3rd. And so, like I said, I, 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 I watched the whole PowerPoint that you did. And so when you think about a little more granular in there, what was the most important thing that you did find in there? I know you mentioned, you know, lots of ballots and everything that, that shouldn't have been counted. Talk about some of the things that pop into your mind, like this is the most important thing or one or, thing, one or two things that you found uh, when you're doing that work. I think the biggest problem came in not the very sexy idea of some kind of ballot harvesting machines or illegal uh, you know, ballot fabrication or some, some kind of operation that, was, uh, that would make a great movie. What I found was that it had the biggest impact were people voting where they didn't have residency, casting ballots illegally where they are not allowed to vote. And this was not necessarily an organized effort. This was people taking the initiative on their own to break the law. And when margins are as close as they were this election, that can have an impact. There countless anecdotes. My inbox flooded with stories of people who perhaps lived in New York City and realized their vote wouldn't make any difference there, but they had an old address in Georgia and were able to obtain an absentee ballot despite not living in that state for over 10 years. Now, if you think about that, it's a little bit more than just tilting an election in one direction. Many of us on the right are very big supporters of the Electoral College. Many on the left just want to get rid of it and have 
presidency decided by a popular election. If you're able to vote wherever you want to vote, that effectively neutralizes the Electoral College without a constitutional amendment or without any kind of debate in Congress or anything like that to officially get rid of it. You can vote wherever you want. Then the Electoral College means nothing. And I also go back to something a little bit more arcane, which is called the Great Compromise. When our country was being formed, there were states that had a lot of people and some states that had a few people. And the fear was that the states that had a lot of people would dominate the states that had very few people. And why would the states who had very few people want to join a country where their voices were drowned out? Well, the solution to that was the Great Compromise, where we had a bicameral national legislature, a Senate where every state had equal standing, two senators, and a House where population was allocated based on the population. So the more people you had, the more representatives you had in Congress. But if you can vote wherever you want, as we would witness in the Senate runoff race, or the Senate, basically the Senate race that led to the election that led to the runoff, um, then it also neutralizes the Great Compromise, which neutralizes the Senate, which is supposed to be the thing that keeps all these smaller states and what the establishment calls flyover country uh, engaged in our political process and gives them a voice. So by people voting wherever they want to vote, um, it goes way beyond just one presidential election, but undermining the entire foundation of, of how this country was set up. Yeah, and that's a great... Uh Great commentary on that. Great history lesson. We all, you know, at least on the conservative side, we've all heard that uh, growing up and learned it at some point. We got to be reminded of it. And you talk about the seriousness of this and and the seriousness of undermining it, super high level. And then you talk about people doing things that are illegal, but nobody goes to jail. At least that I don't know. I mean, I can't find people going to jail when I think they they obviously should because it's illegal things. So we're so because of that now we've got a situation where very serious things are happening, but the people that are voting and doing things they they don't they don't take it seriously at all because they don't think there's going to be any consequences. So talk to that right. a minute. Do you think what, in the people's mindset now about the about the vote process and their ability to just kind of do whatever they want now? Talk to that a little bit and how we kind of got to here and. You know, some of the things we need to do going forward, uh, and it, you know, people need to go to jail if, for sure if they're going to do illegal things. But talk about, you know, that ramping up that side of the system a little bit more. Well, for a long time, this has been going on. And usually we've been saved in most elections from uh, having an election decided by fraudulent ballots, illegal ballots, because the margin of victory usually is greater right. than uh, that which takes place. Now, there's there have been many cases where elections were overturned because of illegal ballots, just yeah. Last year in 2020, there was a municipal election in New Jersey. It was thrown out because of voter fraud. It's not that boring. And in fact, in 2012, the New York Times wrote a piece that I'm and maybe they're going to go back and stealth edit it or delete it, where they discussed that because of mail-in ballot and how easy it is to commit fraud, that we in many cases don't know necessarily who the deserved winner is of an election. It's, they made the case it's very easy to commit fraud through mail-in ballots. So. We've mostly been saved by the fact that margins of victory are larger than what could plausibly um, have occurred through any kind of fraudulent or illegal ballots, but that didn't happen this last election. And I think that as elections are close, this will magnify as a problem. One of the things we're going to do about it, though, on Monday, February 1st, Look at America is going to release our policy objectives. These are going to talk about the ways we can enhance voter integrity on the state level. Because when you look at you know where where do patriots where do conservatives have power right now, they don't have a lot of power in Washington D.C. 
Maybe they have a piece of the Senate, but that's about it. They have nothing in the House. Who knows what the Supreme Court is, don't have the White House administration. One place that we have a lot of power is in the state legislatures. I think a majority of them, now I'm a nonprofit, but I'm just going to note the fact is that a majority of them are held by Republicans. Many states have Republican governors, and many of them are all favorable to the patriotic cause. And that's where we, you have to go to where you have strength, and you have to leverage it. And the way we leverage that is by getting citizens engaged with their state legislators and senators to pass the kind of legislation that's, that will outline through our policy objectives on how to secure the election system. Just last week, we released our policy objectives on how to fix or how to fight uh, corporate censorship by establishing free speech states. And tonight, we're going to have our first ever grassroots lobbying training seminar. We have so far have about 1,500 people registered to take it. Not sure how many people are going to actually show up, um, but I'm really looking forward to it tonight. It's our first step. Um, and you know, the reality is that here in Washington, D.C., where I am, you try to get your congressman's attention, or much less your senator's attention, I just forget about it. For, you could march in there with 10 people, and you might get a thank you note or a piece of candy off the receptionist's desk. Right. You're not getting anything more than that. Yeah. However, your state congressman, your state representative, your state mm -hmm. senator, you march in with you know the neighborhood people you organize, that gets attention. Um, so that's and not only is that the not only is it an easier avenue, it's also, again, the avenue where we still have some power, and we've got to leverage that. So by fighting for reforms to prevent so, much the so many of the kinds of uh, illegal balloting we detected this last election, and you, know, you asked me what, I, what stuck out in my head. Okay, one of the, the most impactful were people voting where they're not allowed to vote. But the other issue that came up, which is still kind of a mystery, is a tremendous number of people whom we surveyed say they never requested, they never requested the absentee ballot that they received. Now, these are all states where you personally had to authorize somebody to make that request for you mm -hmm. or you had to do it yourself. It was never an opportunity legally for a third party to request those ballots, yet these people were getting these ballots. How did that happen? We also found cases where people said, I didn't vote, yet the state would say that they did vote and it was signature verified. There's been no accountability for this. Right. So. Look ahead, America, in the states are going to push for legislation that fixes this, and I'm looking forward to releasing our policy guidance on this on February 1st. But also, when we're, we've got our infrastructure of paid staff, field uh, staff, uh, field offices, volunteers who are helping to register votes and get those people turned out, well, guess what? Right around election time, that flips into an election monitoring team, an election mm -hmm. monitoring apparatus. Yeah. to help fight the kind of problems we've seen in the past. And I'll tell you, because we're a C3, we can do a lot of things that campaigns can't do, a lot sure. of things that a party can't do, go places they can't be. So we're going to take maximum advantage of that, uh, assuming we get the funding we need and we're up and running in these pivotal states. Yeah, good for you. And uh, the opportunity we have now as uh, as conservatives to take and harness the energy that we all have right now, uh, it's, it's negative in a way, but it is energy about we're very much aware of what's happened and turn it into useful action like what you're talking about doing. And then, like you said, sustain it so that when you get to the election, you've actually got a field force that, um, you know, can keep an eye on things. And, you know, I live, we're, we're outside of Chicago. 
So mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about in terms of, wow, where did, how did that precinct vote 104% of the population? Interesting, you know? So uh, there's all kinds of stuff that goes on in, in uh, some of these deep blue uh, areas, and, and we got to push back on that. So good for you, and we look forward to seeing that uh, release. So uh, one last question I had for you before I let you go is, um, so if you did have enough time and enough resources to really dig deep and to prove fraud in 2020, Specifically, where would you start looking? Well, it's where we're looking now. Um, the election may have been decided, but we haven't given up the fight on presenting evidence to prove the, the basis that our base theory here that there were not enough votes or that the number of illegal ballots in Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona surpassed the margin of victory. So we have our initial findings, which I think are very robust and are um, peer reviewed, professionally proven to be robust, we're uh, fortifying them with additional checks to find out, you know, these people who did not cast these ballots um, in Georgia and Arizona do not in fact live in that state, or people who illegally claimed or had claimed in their name um, indefinitely confined status so they could have a mail-in ballot without the need for identification in Wisconsin were not in fact indefinitely confined. Um, We have a team uh, documenting that now, uh, significant samples of our findings there. in each of these states, we're going to be rolling out some initiative to, if we don't get the day in court as part of, say, the president's campaign team, and we got very close to it in Georgia, but the president conceded before we were able to uh, to present our findings. None of our findings ever actually were decided on the merits or found in a court. It was all, all the cases were dismerit, dismissed on issues of standing and other technicalities, but we will prove our case in public, and we have different avenues to do that um, in Georgia, Wisconsin, and Arizona. So, we're not done with that fight yet. And I think if we are able to improve, in fact, prove that we don't know who the deserved winner is of the 2020 general election, will have an impact on what this current incumbent administration is able to get away with if they don't necessarily have the authority of being elected by the people. Right. It's a great point. And uh, we need to get there because uh, it's an unknown. And to anybody that says, oh, you guys are just making it up and we nothing to look at here, you know. We just need to dismiss them and keep digging and figure this out. And so good for you. And, uh, you know, here at Restoration Pack and Restoration Action, we're working on it too. And and I can tell you this, we're going to be helping you as much as we possibly can as well. So thanks for coming on today. And thanks for all you're doing. I'd uh, love to have you back at some point in the future too. Sounds good to me. All right. Thanks so much, uh, Matt. And uh, just uh, hang in there. We'll get it done, right? Sounds good. Yeah, we'll get it. Well, all right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting conservative media. Don't ever forget, working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. So until next time, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe now at restorationofamerica.com slash first right or text first right to one 820 9167